welcome to Freedom Fighters Code Grey. This is a show where we discuss human trafficking, an issue that's happening in our own backyard. Did you know that in Canada, over one in four people who are trafficked are children, people who are under the age of 18? And did you know that most people who are trafficked for sexual exploitation in Canada are women and girls? Well, you might be wondering, what happens when someone exits a situation of exploitation? And where do they go to seek healing and experience freedom. Well, today I have with me a special guest, Kate Moore, who is the Senior Manager of Community Engagement at Safe Hope Home. Welcome, Kate. Hi. Thanks so much for coming and joining us today. We're so glad to have you here and to learn from your experience. So just to begin with, can you share a little bit about what exactly is human trafficking and what does it look like in Canada? Yeah, so um, human trafficking in simple terms, I guess, um, is when someone is exploited by force, uh, manipulation, coercion, um, for the purpose of material or financial gain by a third party, um, whether that third party is a group of people or just one person, um, there, it has to include that third party. Um, so there are a few different forms of human trafficking. Um, there is sex trafficking, forced labor, um, but what we see mostly in Canada is sex trafficking, and we mostly see domestic sex trafficking. So what that means is it's mostly Canadians being trafficked in Canada. Um, there's no crossing over international borders. Um, you don't even have to leave the town that you grew up in. Um, so there doesn't even have to be movement for someone to be trafficked. Um, we often say that the way Hollywood portrays human trafficking is not what we see here in Canada. Um, it's a lot of, it's more based on a false relationship here, whether it's a boyfriend, a friend, um, even a family member. So it's a whole process where they lure um, their intended victim, they groom them, and then, then they start to manipulate them. Um, they basically kind of say like, look at everything I gave you, now you owe me. Um, it's a whole long process, but, um, and that's where that psychological manipulation comes in. And then that's part of why it's so hard for them to leave their situation. Um, and like you said before, it's mostly young women. Um, they say on average, in our area, they're on average 14, 15 year olds. Um, but it can be as young as 12. Um, so it is very bad in Ontario. Um, they say, I think it's like 69% or 66% of all of trafficking in Canada is happening in Ontario. Um, and 85% of that is in the GTA. Um, so this is a major hub where we are for trafficking. Thank you for just that comprehensive overview. There are so many important facts that you help to shed light on what human trafficking is and what it looks like in our communities. How did you get involved in anti-trafficking work? So me personally, um, I went to school um, and I studied sociology and criminology um, and then went back and did victimology. So um, I was exposed to it a bit there, but not as much, it wasn't as talked about as it is now. Um, so I would maybe have one or two classes about it, but it just really, I think because where I grew up, I would have never expected this to even be a thing. Um, so when I learned, oh no, this is actually happening, um, I became very passionate about it and wanted to somehow um, help the situation, whatever that was. 
So then um, I kind of started looking into, okay, what's happening around me, um, what agencies are around me. Um, and then I heard about Safe Hope Home. So I started to actually, I just contacted them one day and said, I want to do a fundraiser. I'm going to do this whole big gala thing. And they were like, who are you? <laughs> um, but so I ended up doing that. And now here I am. Wow, that's so inspiring. You heard about this issue. It broke your heart that it was happening in your community. And then you were like, I want to do something about this. I want to get involved. And at the beginning, you really empowered an existing charity through raising funds. I think that's brilliant. So way to go for doing that. That's really inspiring. And so you mentioned that that fundraiser was for Safe Hope Home, and that's now where you work. So can you tell me a little bit about what Safe Hope Home is? Yeah, so Safe Hope Home is a long-term recovery program um, for girls and young women who have been trafficked. Um, so the way we always kind of explain it is we're not an emergency shelter. Um, we're kind of more of a second stage. Um, so basically if, um, if the police say help a girl and they call us and they're like, oh, we just um, rescued her, can she come there? Unfortunately, that's not what we do. Um, we're more after they've kind of made the decision like, okay, I am ready to recover. I'm ready to heal but I need all of the support because I don't even know where to start. Um, Cause we have to remember a lot of them were trafficked when they were 14, 15. So there are a lot of things that they never learned. Um, so that's kind of when they come to us and we help them with all of that. Um, we, we have a few different programs. Um, so our main one is our residential and day program. So this is when they come and they actually live in a home um, that we, supply them with uh, and then they attend our day programming um, so this would be similar to going to school every day or going to work every day um, so they come to our day program and we do programming on everything from self-esteem anger management relapse prevention um, uh, nutrition budgeting basically everything um, and that lasts about nine months to a year so the one thing that's interesting about our program that makes us unique is in total it lasts about three to seven years um and even longer if they need it um but so just for them to finish the curriculum it takes about a year and then we start looking on to independence in the community or finishing high school going to college going to university um, building some employability skills and so then that takes a little bit and then even once they're living on their own we're still supporting them because um, that's when they enter our follow care program. Um, so that's basically just us still supporting them while they're out on their own. And then we have our outreach program. So this is for um, girls that maybe aren't eligible for the day program, um, maybe don't want to come. It's a voluntary program, so no one's forced to be here. Um, or maybe they're just not ready um, because our program is pretty intensive. Um, some people just aren't quite there yet. Um, but they'll still be in our outreach program. So we'll still supply them with housing support, court support, weekly check-ins, goal setting, case management, all of that. Um, and we're actually implementing now some day programming for our outreach clients. Um, so they can all come together as a group, obviously virtually right now, um, but they can come together as a group and have that support um, for each other. Wow, such amazing work that Safe Hope Home is doing. And what 
I'm just thinking about as you're sharing is that it's so much more than simply a bed or a roof over your head. And of course that is essential and that's really important in someone's healing journey, but there's all these support services that Safe Hope Home has created to really wrap around and provide short-term, immediate follow-up care and even outreach care for individuals who aren't really ready in that space to come into the full intensive program. So. That's really just incredible, all those various components that the organization has. How did Safe Hope Home start? Like, where did it begin and where did it come from? Yeah, so our executive director, um, he actually went on a missions trip to India and he went to a home there for girls that had been trafficked. And he was just so impacted um, by what he saw and who he met. So when he came back here, he kind of was just, curious about what's going on in Canada um, and in Ontario specifically. Um, so once he realized, okay, this is an issue here, um, he kind of similar like what I said, he was like, I need to do something. Um, so him and the founding members of Safe Hope Home, they actually went out west um, to another organization out there um, to kind of see like what they were doing um, and if that could work over here in Ontario. Um, so then they brought that back here and Safe Hope Home was formed. That's incredible. So when exactly did it open? How long has it existed for? So we've been, so it first kind of the idea of it started being created in 2015. Um, but we've only been fully up and running with the home. And so we have our home and we have like our program space. Um, we've only had those since February 2018. So we're still pretty new, um, kind of learn, not learning as we go, but you know, things change and um, it's, it's going well so far. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. And it's such a important need in the community. And so I'm just really excited that within these few years that your services have grown so much. Um, what is your role in the home and what does that look like? So um, I do most, of the awareness, um, raising awareness of human trafficking, raising awareness of Safe Hope Home in general, um, and also a lot of the building community partnerships, whether that's um, with donors or other um, agencies like us. So, you know, if we're full, we can reach out to someone and say, oh, hey, like we're full, but we have this referral. Can we forward it? Um, so just keeping those relationships um, good kind of thing. That's what I, um, and also the fundraising. So I still do the gala every year. Um, but because we're such a small organization, um, we do all really, really work together as a team. Um, so I am also lucky enough to, every once in a while, I get to go to the house um, or help in program um, and be there for our clients. Um, which I love being able to actually spend some time with them. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of. That's awesome. One of the things you mentioned that you're a part of is partnerships. And so I'm just curious to know, what do you think the importance of partnerships is in the fight against human trafficking? They're unbelievably important. Um, and not only just as I was saying, um, partnerships amongst similar agencies, but also partnerships amongst um, like us and the police, us and victim services, um, because there are so many different, like even though we try to have that like holistic wraparound approach to how we support, there are some things that we 
can't support them with, right? Um, so for instance, like we have a really great relationship with um, ODSP and Ontario Works. Um, we've arranged it so we have one worker for every single one of our clients. Um, and we've been able to like train them in human trafficking and kind of say like, hey, these are the things that like we don't say to them or, you know, you have to remember that this is overwhelming for them. And um, so that kind of thing is really great because then we're ensuring that they are receiving that proper support, um, that full proper support that they really need to recover. Wow, that's so neat. And even in that example that you just shared, you're providing an opportunity to educate the community on trafficking, or in this case, this partner to be more trauma informed in their approach, but then also for the individuals that you're serving and assisting at Safe Hope Home, there's a safe person that they can continually access support from that's not changing and they can begin to establish those bonds of trust that are so essential in someone's healing journey. So that's just fantastic. Well, Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to continue this conversation on the importance of housing for people who have been trafficked. We're going to take a short break and come right back. Welcome back to Freedom Fighters Code Grey. This is a show where we discuss human trafficking, an issue that's happening in our backyard. Today I have with me Kate Moore, who is the Senior Manager of Community Engagement at Safe Hope Home, and we're discussing the importance of housing for trafficked people in Ontario. So Kate, welcome again, and I'm excited to continue this conversation. And I was just wondering if you could paint a picture for the viewers of what Safe Hope Home is? Like when you walk into the building or you walk into the programming center, what could people expect in the home? Yeah, so um, first I will say our home and our learning center, um, they're both in very nice areas where they're on um, pretty big properties, which is nice. Um, it's nice and quiet. And um, so the house, um, it houses six women at a time, um, which I know some people say, oh, that's not a lot. Um, but that's it so we can provide them that comprehensive care. Um, but so each um, person has their own bedroom, um, so they don't have to share their personal space. Um, they do share things like the kitchen, the living room, um, things like that. We also have a live-in um, support worker, so there's someone who actually lives there. Um, and while we do have other staff there, so our live-in person isn't working 24-7, um, it, it is comforting for them to know that someone is always there. Um, and then so also similar, our learning center or our program space, um, it's it's pretty small, it's quaint, um, it's very nice. It's not like your typical office building or school or anything like that. Um, so basically how it works is um, Monday to Thursday, they come to our program center and they're here from 9.30 to 3. And um, so basically they'll be transported by the staff at the house to the program center. Um, and they'll have a few classes in the morning. So usually on Monday, they start off with something like um, joy journaling, where it's a lot of just um, like crafts, art, painting, whatever um, they need to kind of express themselves. Um, and then the next one might be a little bit tougher. It might be something like relapse prevention. Um, and then they'll have lunch and then they'll have their um, afternoon classes, similar things, they'll have two classes. 
Um, we also on, sometimes we do horseback riding. Um, so they go to a barn nearby where they get to horseback ride. Um, and we've actually just started, um, I think it starts next week, actually, they're going skiing um, once a week. So I hope they enjoy that. <laughs> um, but so, and then, uh, and then the house staff will come and pick them up and take them back home. And then the evenings are free for them to kind of do what they want. Um, some people, depending on how program went, they might choose to just watch a movie or um, kind of be by themselves. Um, but then sometimes they decide to cook together um, and have a dinner together. They always have family dinner on Sundays together all the time, but sometimes during the week um, they might choose to eat together. Um, we do offer them extracurricular activities as well. Um, so we've had some people do um, horseback riding as an extracurricular. We've had people do singing lessons, um, piano lessons, um, rock climbing, things like that. Um, and then Fridays are set aside for their trauma therapy, um, which is probably one of the most important aspects of their recovery is having that trauma therapy. Um, so we set aside that whole day so they can really, because it, that's hard um, talking about your experiences and stuff. So we don't want to have them do trauma therapy and then have to come back and do more classes. Um, so that's why we set aside that Friday for them. So that's kind of what their week looks like. And then their weekends are up to them what they want to do. Um, obviously right now with COVID, that's not much, <laughs> but um, yeah, they'll go for walks together or um, sometimes the staff will just take them for ice cream and go for a drive or things like that. And what's the typical length of stay for a, a woman or girl who's residing in the home? Yeah, so it kind of depends. Um, as I mentioned before, our program lasts about nine months to a year. So then after that, it kind of depends where they're at in their recovery. Um, so we've had some people stay for another, almost another year after um, where we've had some people that have only stayed a few months where they're kind of like, no, I think I'm ready to be off on my own. Um, and we also kind of look at it at their recovery as well. And then if we think maybe not, they're not quite ready, we might have a conversation with them where we say, okay, like, we, yes, we want you to be independent, but look at these things that we might still have to work on. And like, let's, maybe work on those before we jump to being out on our own. Um, so it kind of depends. Um, but I would say actually in the home, they're probably there for about 18 months to two years on average. Wow. It's amazing that you, it sounds like really cater support and service to each individual and where they're at and kind of come alongside them and assess to see what their needs are and their readiness for the next stage, which I think is just so beautiful. Um, why do you think from your experience working in Safe Hope Home, it is so important to provide this type of housing for people who have experienced sex trafficking? So one of the most important things um, for housing is because they need to feel safe and they need to have that sense of security um, in order for them to actually heal and recover they need to not constantly be looking over their shoulder they need to know where their next meal is coming from they need to know where they're going to lay their head down at night um, and so like when we look at maslow's hierarchy of needs the the bottom two are their, the physiological needs like the food the water the shelter the clothing and then the next one is the safety and security so without those foundational 
parts, they can't get to the the self-love, the self-actualization, um, and like that recovery. So we need to make sure they have a space where they can go, where they actually feel safe. And a lot of these girls, they haven't felt safe for years, if not their entire lifetime. We don't know what their childhood was. We don't know that. Um, so for all we know, they've never felt safe. So they've never actually felt like they can focus on themselves. Um, so it's so important for them to have that place where they can go and they can actually focus on themselves and they can heal. What would you say, Kate, is the difference between, for example, like a generic shelter that a city might provide to people who are in need of housing versus the specific housing that Safe Hope Home has created for individuals who have experienced exploitation? And maybe if you could also um, share a bit about why not only providing the bed and roof is so important, but the wraparound services for this specific group of individuals who have experienced this kind of violence. Yeah, so I would say that is the biggest difference is that um, we do offer all of that support um, and it's very, very specialized to trafficking um, where other shelters, um, while they offer that safety and they do offer that like immediate um, emergency beds, they don't then offer the, like that prop proper support, I guess you could say. Um, and part of it with um, human trafficking is they say on average, um, these girls will leave their trafficker and go back seven times. Um, so we at Safe Hope Home, we're trying to provide them with everything that they need so they don't go back. That's our goal is to break that cycle. Um, so in other shelters, if they're not actually getting that wraparound service, when they leave the shelter, they're kind of back where they were, where they're like, I don't I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Um, and especially for things like, I always remember I was told a story once um, from one of our clients where she walked into the grocery store and she was like, and I started crying. I've never been in a grocery store without like my mom. And I don't, I don't know what to do, right? So in other places, they don't take you to the grocery store. They don't walk around with you. They don't show you where we do do that kind of thing, right? So then when they are on their own, they're not going to walk into a grocery store and be overwhelmed. Um, they're going to know what to do. And that's kind of, we're trying to totally rebuild their lives um, and kind of resolve any past issues that they might have had that put them in that situation where they were vulnerable to being trafficked. Um, so then hopefully in the future, it won't happen again. Hmm. I love what you're sharing in that you're equipping and empowering individuals to be able to experience life and live more independently, but also at the same time to help break that cycle of trafficking and re-trafficking, which we know sometimes in some shelters, there are individuals who end up being recruited and re-trafficked from within the shelter itself. So I really appreciate how you just shared those differences. Would you be able to share a story of hope um, with us of just, yeah, your experience journey with some of these individuals in the home? Yeah, so, um, I mean, there's so many. Um, I, I would say ultimately, every single day that I walk into work, um, I, I can see the hope in these girls. Um, Obviously I can't share like too much specific stuff, but um, I would say, you know, 
there was one of our participants who started going to university and um, which we've had a few go to university, but I remember her saying, she said, that was never even a thought that crossed my mind. Like she's like years ago, even months ago, I never would have thought that I would be going to university and I would be getting a degree that one day could help me get a job. She's like, that was never even an option for me as far as I was concerned. Um, but she told us, she said, you know, you guys helped me get there because I feel like when these girls walk through our doors, we can see the potential in them and we can see um, like how brilliant they are, but they don't see that themselves. Um, so that's kind of what we try to do is try to empower them um, and make them realize their own potential so then they can achieve these amazing things because they can, um, they absolutely can. So they just need that support to get there. But I would say ultimately every single one of these um, girls that comes to our doors just gives everyone so much hope because they've been through so much and some of them have still such a positive outlook on life that it it really is inspiring. Wow. Wow. It is so inspiring just hearing you share as well the ways that individuals who have experienced exploitation are demonstrating resiliency and courage and pursuing dreams. Kate, if someone is viewing this today and is looking for assistance or support or wants to get information about Safe Hope Home because maybe some of their journey has included trafficking and they want to reach out for support, where can they access resources or get in contact with someone? But also for viewers who are tuning in, what is a one way that they could make a difference in the fight against trafficking and more specifically help support Safe Hope Home? Yeah, so our website has a ton of information. Um, it's safehopehome.com. Um, there's all the information on there about if you um, need to make a referral to us, if you need to reach out to someone, um, or if you need to make a referral to someone else. Um, that's all on there. Um, or uh, if if you want to support Safe Hope Home, uh, there's a donate button there. Um, you can be a monthly donor or a um, one-time donor. Um, we also, as I mentioned before, we have our gala, which obviously was canceled this year, but um, next year, hopefully, we will have it again. Um, but also, I would say one of the biggest ways to help in the fight against human trafficking is to raise awareness of it. Um, I always say to people, you know, educate yourself and then educate others, um, because the more that we can, the more that we're aware of this, the easier it will be to fight it. Well, thank you so much, Kate, to you and your team for this important work that you do at Safe Hope Home. It's truly invaluable and it's been just such a privilege to learn from you today. If you or someone you know is currently in a situation of exploitation and you're in immediate danger, please call 911 if it's safe to do so. Or if you're looking for information or resources or support regarding trafficking, you can call our National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-833-900-1010. Again, that's 1-833-900-1010. Thanks so much for joining us on Freedom Fighters Code Gray.